In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. Seeing his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, this is your son. Then to the disciple he said, This is your mother. And from that moment the disciple made a place for her in his home. Today's feast may seem old, but surprisingly, it is relatively new in terms of its current permutation. It was predated by two other celebrations with equally colourful histories, which both underwent liturgical evolution. Our Lady of Sorrows, which used to be celebrated on the Friday before Good Friday, and the Feast of Our Lady of Seven Sorrows, originally a patronal feast of a congregation known as the Servants of Mary, or Servites in short. One of the objectives of the liturgical reform in 1969 was to remove seeming duplications in the Church's calendar and reorder the ranking of the various feasts in terms of their connection to the Paschal Mystery. Since 1969, the two feasts were combined into one feast, which we celebrate today as a memorial. But the dating and placement of this feast just one day after the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross is no accident. Its deliberate placement helps us to see Our Lady's role and position, not just in terms of the Incarnation, where she plays a pivotal role, but also at the passion and death of her Son. It is as we can say that Our Lady was not only inseparable from Our Lord at His birth, but also at His death. Next to the cross, Mary is the most potent symbol of our Catholic Christian faith. This perspective of Mary is not just the product of devotional, popular imagination. It is actually scriptural. From Mary being included in the list of women who stood a distance away in the synoptic Gospels, to Mary standing at the foot of the cross in the scene in St. John's Gospel. She is not just standing there as some dispassionate observer of her son's crucifixion, but is drawn into this intimate, life-changing dialogue with our Lord, who hangs on a cross. His mission is now entrusted to both the beloved disciple and his mother, both representing the Church, a Church made up of disciples and a Church who is mother to her children. One of the most favourite hymns sung during Lent and especially during the praying of the Stations of the Cross and was traditionally sung as a sequence on this feast also reflects this beautiful and inseparable bond. It is the Stabat Mater. In the cross the station keeping, Mary stood in sorrow weeping when her son was crucified. The hymn recalls how Our Lady stood close to the cross and shared our Lord's pain and suffering. The hymn and today's feast does not only invite us to contemplate Mary's fidelity to her son, but also her grief. The grief of any mother watching their child suffer is truly terrible. Yet Our Lady, because of her 
perfect love for Jesus must have suffered all the more. The church's father teach, in fact, that Mary's suffering was so great that all the suffering of all the martyrs together do not compare to a suffering with Christ. For this reason, it is appropriate to call her queen of martyrs. The Stabat martyr also expresses the devout soul's desire to share in the suffering, to not let her suffer alone. Who would not share the virgin's grief? We are to contemplate with her the sufferings of Christ, recognizing God's great love for us and his willingness to bear the sin of the world, our sins. And not just to meditate upon Christ's crucifixion, but we, like Mary, and with Mary, are called to share in his suffering, to bear the cross with him. Note here that this feast, like other feasts and doctrines surrounded Mary, surrounding Mary are deeply Christological. By uniting our sorrow with Mary's, we are actually uniting our suffering with our Lord's suffering too, through Jesus, true Mary. In this way, our earthly sorrows can be transformed into acts of love. God brings us, brings about true Mary's sorrow and our sorrows, united to hers. Great graces for the conversion of sinners. Suffering is the result of sin. Yet on the cross, our Lord transforms suffering into the remedy for sin. This is what we celebrated in yesterday's feast of the exaltation of the cross. Today we unite our sorrow with Mary, because her union with our Lord was the most perfect of all. She teaches us that in union with Christ, sorrow is transformed. Even the greatest calamity, either private or public, can become an opportunity for drawing near to God and becoming like Christ and obtaining grace for sinners. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.